You're listening to highlights from the Creative Processes interview with Carolyn Watersbro. This podcast is supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. I, I can imagine I'm either the diligence, uh, the strength, the discipline, uh, all, I mean, it's a tough world. As I hear from some of my friends who are um, musicians and composers. Well, these are exceptional young people and young artists. Uh, they dedicate their lives towards music. They practice for many hours a day and they take from uh, great solo artists who can teach them how to become solo artists. And that's kind of the key is to have the great training paired up with the opportunity to develop that training and to uh, get more opportunities in the solo world. And uh, just before that, I just did want to say, it's, it's so interesting, you're talking about um, passing things on, uh, you know, one, one generation to the next. And I just think about the maturity of the sounds and the emotions accessed. It has to be something about that accessing what is contained in the music, because almost you would think someone of these, uh, the artists of these ages wouldn't be able to have that I don't want to say that, but you know, it takes a, it takes a lifetime to get some of these emotions, right? Uh, you would think so, Mia. Uh, you would think, how can a 15-year-old have that type of maturity? But like I said, these are exceptional young people. They go to art museums. They uh, study all kinds of philosophy. They... Um, they love the classical um, genres and, you know, they're very well-rounded. They also are very good at mathematics and history. And so they bring all of this um, into their music. They study the composers. And so their maturity level is much higher at a younger age than most people. And I feel that um, the earth is like a classroom for soul growth. And we're put here to overcome challenges. And we may be working on something like uh, humility or compassion or love of humanity. And the challenges might be uh, something like war or cancer, or, you know, everybody gets uh, a challenge to work on in their lives, but they also get a great gift to help them through those challenges. You just have to know how to use those gifts. So um, there may be that musical gene, but there's a whole lot of training uh, that has to go into the genius. And Mozart's sister, um, Maria Anna Mozart, 
she um, was a little bit older than him and it was her learning how to play the keyboard when he was a baby that excited Mozart to learn to also play music. And she wrote little pieces for him and uh, Mozart's father, Leopold, wrote uh, music for him. And so at the age of three, he was already playing thirds on the keyboard. You know, it was that exposure and he was bouncing off of her genius. He wanted to be like her. And most people don't talk about that type of influence. How do we get a genius? Vivaldi was assigned to become a priest at a young age. And so because of his asthma from birth, he was not able to say the mass, which could be four hours long. And as a priest, you sort of need to do that. So they assigned him to become the uh, violin teacher at uh, an orphanage for girls in Venice. It was um, at the Pieta, the hospital for um, abandoned girls. There were, you know, about a thousand girls at the school, but only those who practiced their instrument very hard got to be in the exclusive orchestra of about 40 girls and women um, at the orphanage. And Vivaldi trained them and, and wrote a lot of his concertos. He wrote 700 violin concertos and other string concertos symphonias. He was um, training the girls on their instruments. And Vivaldi's orchestra became the greatest orchestra in all of Europe. There were, uh, like I said, 40 girls and women. And sometimes when Vivaldi was off touring uh, Europe and going to Bavaria, um, there would be a young nun who would get up there and conduct with a baton. And, and so these women uh, were the greatest musicians in Europe and kings and nobles would come from all over Europe just to hear Vivaldi's orchestra of girls. Fifty famous composers for kids of all ages um, came about when I was uh, teaching at a classically based school and music was uh, an academic at that school. And so I was giving them a history lesson, a 45 minute history lesson every week and a theory lesson and, and uh, singing and uh, violin classes. And I noticed that the book report that they were supposed to be doing, uh, they had a list of composers, but they were all male. And of course, uh, going through undergraduate and uh, master's degree, there were zero women composers in the 
history textbooks, the university textbooks, not one single woman composer. And I took a class uh, at Arizona State University uh, from uh, Dr. Madeline Williams on the women composers back in the 90s. And of course it was all new women uh, research on women composers was very fresh and new in the 90s. Um, we were just learning about Hildegard of Bingham. We were just starting to learn about Clara Schumann and Fanny Mendelssohn Hensel uh, back in the 90s. And for me to discover that there were 16,000 women composers both historical and living, my jaw must have dropped about a foot. And I wanted to bring this knowledge to the young people that I was teaching at this uh, school. And so I decided to do an experiment and I added uh, about 20 female composers to the list of the 20 male composers to their book report just to see if they would choose the women composers and write about them. And they had to give a little speech too and make a poster about the composer that they had chosen. So uh, there were several young ladies and they're like uh, nine and 10 years old, even as young as seven, who chose the female composers to do their report on. And I felt like this empowered these young ladies to see music in a totally different way because they can place themselves into the lives of those uh, lady composers and aspire towards becoming a composer. You were talking about joy, uh, Mia, and music has been a great joy for me. Uh, it's hard to describe um, being on stage with an entire orchestra and 85 people are all uh, playing the same music together. And when uh, it's right, when all of the music comes together. It's as if there's this um, light that's formed between the musicians and this joy. And it's almost as if you can look up and, and touch heaven or, or touch the divine. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. To listen to the latest episodes, or learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews, click on subscribe. Thank you for listening.